Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Good to see everybody today. I'm glad you made it. Welcome to Centerpoint. And if you're new here, I want to say thanks for coming. I'm John. I'm lead pastor. And uh, you're in a series of teachings called Thunderstrucks about the voice of God. And we'll get there in just a moment. But I wanted to just share a few, uh, a few updates first. And uh, one is, uh, it's important that I communicate this to you. We sent out what we call a quarterly giving letter last week, and hopefully you got that. And if you didn't get that, that means that you haven't really become a giver. <laughs> and, and if you'd love to get that letter in the mail, start giving, and you could get one too. <laughs> but I do want to say uh, that giving letter, uh, it, it reflects uh, your faithfulness in tithes and offerings over the last quarter. And to the extent that, that you've been faithful in that, I just want to say thank you so much for being part of what God's doing. Well done. Yay. Pastor Will just started clapping. I'm going to catch the wave and pass it on. But, but really, what we do in the you know, just under 50 or so staff members that are part of this, uh, how everything happens around here, really does count on your faithfulness. And, and I'm sharing this with you also to mention that over the last few months, there's been just a growing shortfall. Uh, and I'm not saying that to bring any nervousness or, or, or cause any, uh, you know, moment of angst or guilt. It's just a, an observation of reality. And I think part of that reflects that all of us are dealing with a difficulty and inflation and things going on. Um, and at the same time, I want to clearly communicate that, uh, that if you haven't begun giving at Center Point, but have wondered to yourself, maybe sometime I ought to start considering giving. This would be a great time to do that. Earnestly, I say that to you. It'd be a great time to do that. Uh, we, we really are, are a body that functions together through regular faithful generosity. And for some of us, it's time to develop a, a spiritual discipline, a spiritual habit of saying, God, you come first in my life, and that includes in, in my finances. And so how the Lord leads you to do that? Do that. And, and the easiest way to do it is just go to mycenterpoint.tv and, and click on give. You could even do that now. Uh, we don't pass the buckets anymore. Instead, the boxes are by the doors or you, you give online. But I wanted to make sure to share that. And I wanted to also uh, say, I've mentioned this before, but not everybody comes to church every weekend, so I want to make sure I, I share this. In a couple of uh, weeks, Anne and I are blessed to be able to enjoy a sabbatical this summer for a couple months. We're very grateful, so grateful to be able to do that. It's an extreme blessing, and the purpose of that is to allow us to gear up and get refreshed for the next decade, because God's been releasing vision into my mind and heart for the next decade, and the tank needs to get refilled in a major way, and that's what gets to happen for us over these next couple months. And so you won't see me up here for literally a couple months, but... We have an amazing team here, and between Pastor Aaron and Pastor Will and Pastor Rick and Brenda and guests coming in from outside like Jeff Osborne and Andrew Hopkins and Mike Wilson, we're going to have an amazing experience this summer uh, every weekend around here. You don't even need to worry about that. I love what God does here. I've been praying and working hard for the last few months to make sure that over the next few months, and by the way, this isn't till the end of May, but uh, I just want you to know, actually, you should look forward to it because it's going to be an amazing summer without me and Anne around. Who knows what great, amazing things are going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I'm sharing that with you now so you're not, if you don't happen to be here for the next few weeks and you come in, in, uh, in June and you're like, hey, where's John? This is, this is what's going on for us. Uh, amen. Thank you. Somebody. Thank you. That was Heinrich, right? No? Oh, okay. Oh, or John. All right. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, so I want to get us started in a simple way with this scripture. John eight forty seven, And it just simply says, those who belong to God hear what God says. Just the first part of that verse. Those who belong to God hear what God says. So uh, if, if we could just say that out loud together, it's just the first part of that verse. I want it to get into your heart together. Ready? Go. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. One more time, say it. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. And it's a good thing to be able to hear what God says. And, and so this past week, 
I'll share this with you. I, was, uh, I had an extremely full day. It was, I think, Tuesday, and it was like meeting after meeting, and each one seemed to go long, and I still had a stack of things to get done and do. And so after all these meetings, I got back to my desk, and I'm like, all right, okay, I can power through for the next hour and a half. And it was like 4 o'clock. I can power through the next hour and a half, answer all these different messages. And by the way, I mean, you, you get, you know, you get the Facebook messages and Instagram messages and TikTok messages and emails here and emails here and voicemails there and post-it notes here. There's a lot sometimes in, in my role. And I've got a lot to get through. It's four o'clock. I'm going to power through, get it done. And I was just uh, typing out an email and I was in the middle of a sentence and writing an email. And suddenly I, I felt this sense inside uh, that I, all I knew is in the middle of a sentence, I was jumping up from my desk, literally jumping up from my desk, throwing my laptop in my bag and walking out my door without even putting anything away, without locking up, nothing. And while going, I just had this distinct sense uh, that something inside of me was saying, go home now. And I had, I had a lot to do. This didn't make sense, it, but I didn't even have time for making sense. I was out the door going home and I, I, I ran down to my car. I don't do that, but this sense was so strong. Go home now. And while I'm running to my car, I was thinking to myself, what am I doing? Why am I leaving right now? I have a lot to do. And why am I actually going home right now? And, and as I was driving home, I'm thinking, maybe I'm going home to like start the grill or something. Like maybe I need to make dinner because Ann was meeting with a friend over in Orange County that day. And uh, so we, you know, I was going to, that was what I was thinking. It must be like some weird thing. But I got home, I threw open the door and I yelled, hello. And what I heard back was, Dad, Dad, I'm here. And it was my daughter. That was a bad imitation of her. She, that would hurt her feelings if she heard me do that. I won't do that when she's sitting in the front row. But she, her voice was trembling, like trembling, crying. And I, I heard that. And I ran. And I ran. And, I, and she was in the bathroom. And blood was everywhere, like gushing everywhere. And she was standing in the shower in, the, in that bathroom, with, you know, just with blood coming out. And it, what had just happened, like literally probably 30 seconds before, she made a smoothie and put it in a big mason jar. And that big mason jar slipped out of her hands, hit the countertop and broke. And then the rest of the mason jar just fell right to her bare foot. And it had become a, a, a knife. And it just sliced. And I, so I ran in and, and I got to clean off the wound. And I could see it was... It was a slice, probably a quarter inch deep, like right all you know, through, like couldn't stop the, the, the blood flow. And, and I love to show pictures during my messages, but not this, not this. No, not going to do that to you. Too early for that. <laughs> But she, she's bleeding. I clean it up, do the hydrogen peroxide. I get the first aid kit, run back, clean it again, and, 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 and wrap it tight. And long story short, Shiloh came home that night with four stitches on her foot and another spot that got sliced with surgical glue and steri strips. And so I, I just think about this moment that God spoke to me. And God spoke to me right when I needed to hear his voice. And in a way that even in the moment, I couldn't have even told you directly, I have heard the voice of the Lord. It, it wasn't even like that. I mean, I told you how it went. I'm just sitting there and suddenly I jump up and, and I, I get this weird sense inside, go home now. It wasn't audible. It wasn't even, I, it wasn't even like a sentence I could read. It was just a sense inside, go home now. And I'm flying out the door. And what I'm thinking to myself is, Maybe it's because I need to start the grill, like some weird thought. But, but that was enough motivation for me to go, yeah, so I will. I'll go home and I'll get the grill. That's a, that's a good idea. I, I'm glad I thought of that. I'm going to go start the grill, smoke some meat tonight, you know. But it wasn't that at all. It, it was that there was a, a situation that demanded my attention, that I had to show up for. And God has his ways sometimes. And you know what? She, it, it wasn't maybe life-threatening, but for her... It, 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 alone at, at home and dealing with this, feeling scared, feeling afraid, not knowing what to do, God wanted her to have the comfort. And you know what? She was losing a lot of blood. Who knows what would have happened? And I'm so grateful that this is part of our faith, to anticipate what we read in John 8:47, that those who belong to God hear what God says. And I'm grateful that we, write, we read in Scripture and we discover in our lives that in many ways and at many times, God speaks to us. 
And that's actually what it says in Hebrews chapter one. In Hebrews one, verse one, it says, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Why don't you read verse two with me, say it. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. And hasn't he? Hadn't he spoken to you through the son? I think about how God's voice comes through in, in Jesus and how we get to hear God's voice through his son, through Jesus, and all the different kinds of things that Jesus has spoken to you. Jesus speaks to us, and he speaks life-giving wisdom. He does. He speaks life-giving wisdom. Think about it. Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you're concerned about, that you're worried about, that you need, all these things, they'll be added unto you. And we take a deep breath and breathe a sigh of relief because of the life-giving wisdom that God has spoken to us through the Son. I think about the life-giving wisdom that is spoken through the Son when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries of its own, and the life-giving wisdom of, of Jesus is God saying, live in the present. I, I'm thankful for the life-giving wisdom of Jesus in, Matthew, in, in Mark 12, where he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Anybody grateful for, for that life-giving wisdom from Jesus? God speaks through his son. God speaks through his son eternal truths. Like, for example, in John 4, when Jesus said, the time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And this is e e eternal truth that Jesus was speaking, representing the heart of God, that God wasn't looking for a surface-level religiosity, but a deep, real connection of adoration, affection, and love that's eternal truth. I'm grateful for the eternal truth that Jesus dropped when he spoke to us in Mark 10 and said, with man, these things are impossible, but with God, say it if you know it, all things are possible. That is God speaking through the Son. With God, all things are possible. And Jesus said it, but it's God's voice, and you get to hear it. He speaks eternal truth. He speaks the message of mercy. He speaks the message of mercy when he spoke those words from the cross, it is finished. The, the payment for your sin and the cost of your sin, it is finished. He spoke mercy for the from the cross when he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing, but Father, forgive them. He spoke mercy over your life and mine. Jesus did. He spoke mercy in John 8, 47 and 48 when Jesus said, whoever's without sin, go ahead, cast the first stone. Right. Go ahead. He spoke words of mercy. That's God speaking through the Son. The, the voice of God comes through the Son with a message of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him, whoever, somebody say whoever. Whoever, whoever means that includes you. No matter what, they say, <laughs> whoever believes in him would receive eternal life and not perish. God spoke that through the Son. Jesus said it. It's God's voice. You get to hear it. Any amen on that? Amen. God's speaking through the Son, and he speaks a word of kingdom commissioning. The kingdom commissioning in Matthew 28, when Jesus says, all right, I've risen from the dead. Here I am. So you go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That was God speaking. Jesus said it, and you got to hear it. You could, when I do like this, that could be like, amen. That could be like, come on. That could be like, woo, something other than, I mean, I get it. You're deep in thought. You're contemplating these profound truths, but your blood, your blood flow when you start uh, responding actually helps you take in the message better. So Jesus speaks a word of supernatural mandate. And in Matthew 10, in verse 8, Jesus says to disciples, go ahead, preach the gospel, heal the sick. And he wasn't talking about building hospitals, although those are wonderful places and should be built. Healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons. And it was a, a, a word, God was speaking. Jesus said it, you got to hear it. And it was a, a word of, king, of, of a supernatural commissioning. And, and in all of these ways, God speaks through the Son. And it's true what we read in Hebrews chapter 
Uh, chapter one, God spoke through the son and he's still speaking through the son. I'm so grateful that God speaks to us through the son, Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. I'm grateful that, that I can hear the, the words of God in the scriptures. And uh, today we're gonna turn to John 12, but while you're turning to John 12, let me just say, I, I'm so grateful that in our faith as Christians, we are given an expectation that we would be hearing from God. And I'm so grateful that God ha has given that throughout his word as an expectation for us. Because hearing from God means it's about a relationship with God, not about a performance of a religion for God. And I'm so grateful that throughout the scriptures, we find again and again and again instances of, of people hearing from God. And, and I'm thankful for the words of Jesus saying, whoever belongs to God will hear the voice of God. And I'm, and I'm grateful for Hebrews 1 that says, now in, in these final days, God has spoken through the Son. And I know for some of us over these last few weeks, a, a series about hearing the voice of God, some of us have struggled and we've sat to, and thought to ourselves, how come I don't hear it? How come I didn't hear anything? And we don't want to necessarily say that out loud, but we've wondered about that. And I want to tell you, listen, if all else fails, you open your Bible to the red letters and you read them and you can know, I have heard the voice of God. I have heard the voice of God. Remember what we took last week, that there's at least from the Bible, at least 10 different ways that God's voice comes through. And it's okay if you get this one and not that one. It's all right. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that whatever else happens, I can open the scriptures and turn to the, the words of Jesus in the gospels and know I've heard the voice of God. I've heard what he has to say and I'm taking it to heart. But now, speaking of God speaking through the son, we'll turn to John chapter 12. And, and I'll jump in at, at verse uh, 23. Some people had come and said, we want to talk to Jesus. We want to see Jesus. And these were out-of-towners. These were fancy Greek people from other distant lands. And even they were looking for Jesus. It, uh, it was not under a bushel anymore. There was no keeping things a secret anymore. It, it was out. I mean, Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. People had been talking. There was no keeping this uh, covered anymore. And so these Greek people come and say, hey, we want to talk to Jesus. We want to see Jesus. And the disciples go to Jesus and tell him, hey, these out-of-towners are even looking for you now. And then Jesus responds to him, and, and this is that moment in uh, John 12, 28. Uh, sorry, 23. It said, now Jesus replied, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. And then... A voice spoke from heaven saying, I've already brought glory to my name. I'll do so again. And when the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. And then Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging this world has come. When Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And when I'm lifted up from this earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. So here's Jesus after having raised Lazarus from the dead, predicting his own death. But this is also Jesus, just mic drop moment. I mean, there are, there are at least four or five lines in there. He could have just dropped the mic and walked away. But he's, he's talking about living a life that's about the glory of God and not just about what I can get or what, 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 what I can become but about what God can become in and through a life laid down before him. That's the essence of this moment of teaching. And, and I would ask you to maybe even consider out of the verses that we just read, does anything about that jump out at you? Does anything about what you just read cause you to go, wow, I should read that again. And if that's the case, you should, because God is talking to you. <laughs> but obviously what I wanted to to showcase for just a moment is what happened when God spoke. 
What is it about thunder and the voice of God? And you caught it, right? That God begins speaking and he is speaking, but some people think it's thunder. I mean, I'll go back to those verses again in verse 28. Jesus prays, cries out in front of a bunch of people and he says, Father, bring glory to your name. And then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do so again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder. Others declared an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. I want you to observe something for a moment. There are times when God is on the move, doing something powerful, and not everybody perceives it. Not everybody gets it. Not everybody sees it the same way. And not everybody sees it for the, the wonder from Father God that it actually is. You got to recognize this. There are times when God is speaking that, that some people will understand exactly what's going on. The voice of God has come and I get it and I embrace it. I celebrate it. Thank you, God, you're speaking. But others are going, oh, I don't know, is that like a, an angel? Maybe something angelic. I don't know about God, but maybe angels, maybe angels. Kind, kind of a different perception, not accurate, but a bit open. And then some said, no, no, it's, no, no, it's, it was just thunder. These people need to go back to reading their Bibles, you know? Like that, that perception too comes through. And I, and I want you to catch this because there are times in your life where you may be experiencing the voice of God and not everybody near you is going to say, oh yeah, def I, I definitely see it that way. There may be some that go, no, 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 no. It's just, just thunder. It's just some sort of a natural thing. Others go, yeah, you know what? It's angelic, something angelic. Yeah, it's a step up from that. But just note that God's speaking is not always perceived or received by everybody the same way. But Jesus said these words, John 12, 30. It's in verse 30, just the first part of it. Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. Would you read this verse out loud? Ready, go. Then Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. Here's Jesus saying, you know, whatever you want to say about, it was thunder, it was an angel. Oh, some saying, no, it was God speaking. Jesus is saying, what you need to realize is that when God has spoken, it is for your benefit. It is for your benefit to, to hear the voice of God, to take in what God is willing to speak to you about. It is for your benefit. In this particular instance, Jesus was talking about it would be for their benefit to hear the Father affirming who Jesus really is. It should make an impression on them. But even moving a bit beyond the immediate context, what Jesus said is an eternal truth. The voice of God is for your benefit. I want you to just say it. When God speaks, it's for my benefit. Just say it. When God speaks, it's for my benefit. Just one more time. Say it. When God speaks, it's for my benefit. And you know what? It's for your benefit. And sometimes the benefit is going to come in the form of God speaking to direct you like he did with me at what I shared about what happened with my daughter. It, when God speaks, it's for your benefit in some ways that he is warning you of a danger. Sometimes when God speaks, the benefit is that he is convicting you of a path of sin that could ultimately lead to total destruction for you. When, when the voice of God comes and he begins to speak, it may be that he simply wants to comfort you directly by his own warm, tender voice speaking right to you. It, when God begins to speak, it may be because he has a benefit for you. The benefit is a, a solution. When God begins to speak to you, it may be because he's saying, daughter, I know you're struggling with that man of yours, but you need to come together with him again. And, and, and maybe the voice of God is coming to you and speaking to you because he's saying, look, what's happening with how you're dealing with your kids needs to change. Let's go. When God's voice comes, it's for your benefit. It's for my benefit to listen, to pay, to pay attention, to heed, to give place in my heart. God, speak to me, to be able to be one who says, speak, your servant is listening. This is what we're made for, listening to what, what God has to say and, and catching it. A, a, a number of years ago, I remember, maybe it was a decade ago, something like that, I bought my first iPhone. Anybody 
remember getting your first smartphone and it was, I mean, it was crazy all the things it could do. But uh, all of the productive, wonderful, work-related things it could do probably were amazing. But the very first app I bought was a voice changer app because, you know, or maybe it was free, I don't remember, but uh, I have it here. And I loved it because you could go something like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a good thing to say. And then uh, I can uh, play it like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not Yeah, <laughs> right, and then we do that with the kids and, and, and everybody's, uh, everybody's listening and, and it's just... Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's me uh, uh, on a lounge chair enjoying a beverage, I guess, I don't know, something like that. Is there another one? This one's good. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Anyway, I, I, won't, I won't go on, but just... There was something when we first got this device that it was so fun to sit there and do the voice changer thing and say dumb things and have something else say it, you know, and, and then try to understand, like may, maybe choose one of the ones that it's even harder to understand and then play a little game, like I'll say something, then I'll play the thing, and then you determine, like, what did, what did I actually say? And, and we're playing that game, and, and, and it's a little bit confusing sometimes, but, but it was all, it was, it was a true voice coming through. It was coming through in different forms, different sounds, different intonations, but it was a true voice coming through. And I, I want to say that sometimes when, when you are listening for the voice of God, it, there may be moments in which God is speaking, but, but you're going to need to pay a little bit more attention to the intonation or the speed or the velocity or the, or the, the pitch to be able to make out, God, what are you really saying to me here? And, and I want us to, to recognize that it's worth the effort because the voice of God is for the benefit of God's people. The benefit, the benefit. So I wanna, I wanna share with you a, the process and the proof. And that's really the title of my message. And don't worry, I just said the title, and now you're thinking, you just said the title? Does that mean we have another 30 minutes? You're okay, I'm, I got like 10, 10, 10 minutes, give me 10. The process and the proof. First is the process. What I wanna make sure I'm clear about is that when it comes to hearing the voice of God, there is no formula. The context that we agreed together on last week for hearing the voice of God was knowing Jesus as our good shepherd and as his sheep, knowing his voice. And it's about a relationship of trust where I, I say, yes, you, I am yours. You're my shepherd. And that defines what it means to be hearing the voice of God. So there's no formula. But sometimes in a relationship, we do have to work on our communication a little bit. That's a normal thing to want to grow in. And maybe you can hear what I'm saying now in that light, that uh, it, it's a relationship where there's love, and it, it sometimes needs some work to make sure our communication is good. And so I'll share a process for hearing God's voice. For, for some of you, you've been doing this for decades and you're like, ah, next. But there's some of us here who this is kind of all new for. And I want to make sure that you can understand what it does look like to actually hear the voice of God. So here, here's a simple seven stage process, if I could call that. First of all, just pay attention. Like, let yourself pay attention spiritually. Like any moment, there should be a new part of you that's just active, like aware that in any moment, God may have something to say to you. And just decide, I'm going to be the kind of person that loves God and is ready to hear what he has to say at any moment. Pay attention. Everybody say, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Uh, I, I thank God that he activated something inside of me a long time ago so that when a thing happens like on Tuesday where all of a sudden I'm jumping out of my chair because he's speaking saying, go home now, that, that there's a paying attention. It's, just, it's become a natural part of how I live but I'm grateful that he's willing to take advantage of our paying attention and speak to us. Pay attention, that's first. Number two, I'd say create a space. Create a space. I mean, you think about this even, even in a, a friendship. If you say, this person is my friend, but you never set aside time to just hang out with each other, hear what they've got to say, how much of a friendship do you really have? And so for me, like I have, a, I have a friend that lives in New Jersey, but we, we don't get to hang out that much, but we get on the phone every month. And yesterday I spent an hour and a half just talking with him, hearing what's going on, and he's listening to me. And, and that, that uh, required that we would create a space. And in that relationship, it looked like getting on the phone, but you create a, a space. For, for, for many of us, what would make a lot of sense is to create a space, and I'm, I'm old school, early in the morning. 
early in the morning. I would like to sleep in till six, but I don't. I get up at 4.30 or five. Why? Because I want to create a space where I can just sit and be in God's presence and, and say, speak to me, Lord. <laughs> create a space. For me, creating that space looks like I got my, my Bible, I got a journal, I got a couple of pens, and that space is sacred. And I'm asking you to be like that too. Create a space. Maybe for you, you have to get it to work at four in the morning. So do it at the end of the day where you can just create a space to say, God, this is a sacred moment for me and you. And work on the friendship. Work on the connection. And if you don't have a rhythm of life that includes creating a space, I am urging you to please do it. Start it this week. Just decide. And even if you are so busy, you can only do that for five minutes. Do it for five minutes. Create a space where it's not while you're driving. It's not in the shower. And those are all good. I get that. That's fun. You can. But I mean where it's literally nothing else going on, but I'm just sitting with you, God. Create a space. That's the second. And then third, welcome the Lord. Sometimes it's deliberate about saying something like, I'm just glad to be with you, God. Or you could literally say the phrase, I welcome you, Lord, if you want. But and however you could do it, just welcome who he is as your heavenly father. I wel- I'm so grateful to be with you, God. I welcome you to speak to me and show me things, and I'm here with you, God. Just welcome. That's third. And then fourth, ask God to speak, literally. So many times what I do is I'm just sitting there, and I just simply say, God, would you speak to me? Like that, because I'm desperate to hear what he has to say. I'm done with my own cleverness. I've had enough of, of my own machinations on things. God, I need you to speak to me. Come on, God, would you speak to me? Everybody say that phrase, God, would you speak to me? Say, God, would you speak to me? See, you can do it, you can do it. And let that just be part of your rhythm of life, where you create a space, you welcome the Lord, and you ask God to speak. Sometimes it may help to have a prompt. This sounds weird, but... Uh, even when I do coaching with couples in their married relationships, sometimes I give them prompts for how to interact with each other in healthy ways, right? So I know this sounds a little weird, but, but some prompts that are helpful to me, sometimes I'll say, God, give me, I say, God, speak to me. And, and then something like this, God, give me a picture. I just ask that question. Why? Because it's going to activate a different part of my brain and heart and spirit, and I want to receive from him. God, give me a picture. Sometimes it's, God, give, would you give me a verse? God, would you give me a verse? And then something will just pop in. Oh, Psalm 27, verse 2. Okay, and I'll go read that. Or, uh, God, would you highlight a person for me? That might be a way he might speak. And all of a sudden, you're thinking of your distant cousin that you haven't talked to in years. But all of a sudden, their face is in your mind. God has spoken to you, and you need to maybe call them, pray for them, send them a note, reach out. So you're asking, God, uh, highlight a person to me. Or sometimes, this is silly, but God, remind me of a song. I love that one, because sometimes God will just remind me of a song. Maybe it's going to be an old Bon Jovi song. That happened a couple of weeks ago, and it was a highly prophetic moment for me and one other brother in the church, and we shared that 80s goodness together. It was awesome. <laughs> but it was God, so yeah, I want you to know you're halfway there, living on a prayer. It was great. It was good. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it was real, and, and give me, God, give me, remind me of a song. It's sometimes a way that because we share a friendship, why wouldn't he want to remind me of one of our favorite songs back in the day? I think he liked Bon Jovi too. <laughs> I'm not even lying. God, would you show me, a, show me a color? Sometimes just that. God, I'm sitting in his presence. God, show me a color. Why? Why would I ask God to show me a color? Because he's wired us to, to be perceptive and we are changed by what we perceive. And sometimes even a, a color can be a way God is indicating something he wants to do inside of us or a way he wants us to begin to process something and, and different colors evoke different kinds of feelings and sensations. Like if I get the color red, I'm going, okay, I get it. You want to talk to me about my anger. He's showing me the, this aquamarine blue. Ah, you want to talk to me about rest. Thank you. Okay. And, and so even a prompt like that, so I'm asking you, maybe hopefully you jotted a few of those down, but it's a way to begin the conversation. God, speak to me. It's good enough, but maybe a little bit further. God, show me a color. God, remind me of a song. God, bring a, a, a face to mind. God, show me a, a picture or, or an image. God, remind me of a verse in the Bible. But, but ask those kinds of things, like the way you would have an interested conversation with a friend where you wouldn't probably just stare at them blankly. I mean, you have that friend, right? And you're like... Oh, gosh. <laughs> you, 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 need, you need to give more of your heart to the 
possibility of, of, this, of this process of, of hearing from God. So you, 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 you're at stage five, which is give me, a, give me a, a, a something, God. And then number six, write down what you sense or hear. Write it down. If it really is God possibly speaking to you, might, might be good to take note of that. Write it down. Have a journal where you just jot something down. And it isn't a, a, like you're now the Pope writing the next Bible. It's just your own reflection of what you sense God speaking to you. And you get to process that later as to whether it's really from God or not. But you at least write it down. Put it in the book, even if it's just one sentence. Grow in being a spiritually healthy person who has a discipline of reflection of what God may be saying to you and what it might mean. And then... Uh, number seven, say thanks. Say thanks. Anytime God's showing you something, speaking to you, man, that's awesome. And maybe the best thing to do is say, oh, thank you, God. Thanks for speaking to me. Thanks for taking care of my heart. Thanks for wanting me to know what you have to say. Say thanks. So, so that's the process. Everybody say the process. the process. It's not a formula, but it's, it's a process that may help you if you're interested in learning what it means to hear the voice of God. But you may or may not be accurately hearing God's voice. And you and I all need to humbly admit that. I get nervous when someone says, God told me. I do. I, I personally reserve a whole lot of what God tells me to myself. It's not for me to go telling everybody else all the time, well, God told me, and God told me this, and God, it, first of all, it just sounds a little freaky <laughs> to people, makes other people nervous because sometimes what that means is you can't say anything to me because God has already said something. So that's, that's, a little, that's a little difficult for others on the receiving side of that. So I'm just saying maybe it's okay to keep a lot of what you sense God's in to yourself until you've worked it through the proof, the proof. Uh, I, I send out an email every single week uh, called the CP Pulse. I write it and I'm excited to communicate what's going on at Centerpoint. I hope you get it, and please, I hope you read it. I hope it, you don't just click through it, because it's good stuff that's going on here. But I write it, and invariably, when I write it, there's a whole bunch of mistakes in it. Like, I, I, I spell words wrong. I get the grammar wrong. I put weird punctuation marks. Like, I use 50 million, ex, I put an exclamation mark on every single sentence, and <laughs> apparently, that's not the right way to do it. And, uh, but I'm excited, so bing, bing, you know. <laughs> And so what happens next is I give it to Christina and Brenda, and they proof it. I, I, I mean, what I've communicated is there, but it still needs to be proofed. Some of it, the information might be inaccurate, might not be correct. Some of it, the, the grammar's off, or the tone sounds too stern or demanding or whatever. And, and so they proof it. And then we send it. And usually, that means it comes through to you like, like something decently communicated and accurate and true and good. When, when we get to hear the voice of God, we need to be willing to submit it for some proofing. That's a healthy, normal, humble thing to do. And so let me just share with you what that proof can look like. It, it, here's five elements of, of uh, maybe you call it a proof test. First, it lines up with scripture. It lines up with scripture. If I'm hearing from God, that's starting point number one. <laughs> it lines up with scripture. And, and, and it's important, though, that we, that we understand the scripture well. I mean, 1 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so what, what I hear from God, it needs to line up with the scripture that is God-breathed without a doubt. But here's the thing. Sometimes weird things can happen. Like uh, you might say, well, uh, I think God's been speaking to me. I, I, I read in the scriptures how David had uh, multiple wives and concubines, and I think I've heard from the Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. And it becomes very important that you and I have the humility to be a part of a gathered community. Remember last week, we, we, the good shepherd speaks in part by gathering the flock, so that there can be a way in which there's accountability for what our understanding of the scripture is. And why in the body of Christ, in Ephesians 4, it says, and God has given this structure with pastors, teachers, and evangelists, and prophets, and, and the other one that I'm not thinking of right now, but, but uh, the, apostles. apostles, thank you. And, and this is this is a, an important part of hearing God's voice, is being in a context where the scriptures are being rightly divided. And 
there you get to be well acquainted with the authentic, forever eternal word of God so that when you begin to get what, what I would say is a, a rhema word of God, you can understand it. Let me just introduce you to two terminologies that are helpful. Rhema and logos. Logos, we get our word logic from that, but in Greek it means word. And when the scriptures talk about Jesus being the word of God, he's the logos. And then this scripture is the logos of God. It's the word of God. But God also speaks in ways that are in complement to the scripture, and that is what is called the rhema. The word rhema means word also, but it's a, a word that's right now, present, here for this moment, and we need to receive the rhema words of God, but they, they fall under the authority and judgment of the logos word of God, this one. So it lines up with scripture, number one. Number two, it leads to conviction, not condemnation. It leads to conviction, not condemnation. If, if, if I'm going... Uh, I feel like God just told me I'm just a worthless piece of trash. Yeah, that doesn't line up with scripture that in Psalm 139 says, no, I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> so, so, so I got I to gotta recognize that it leads to conviction. I, I, well, God spoke to me that I have some, some work I need to do on my addiction issue. Now, that is a, a good word from God. It's not about... Uh, condemnation is a conviction. Uh, number three, it leaves me with peace. Number three, I got to run through these faster than I was planning to because I'm hitting the clock, but it leaves me with peace. When God is speaking, his words leave us with peace. It, 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 you need to remember this. When you're getting a sense, I think God is saying something to me. Well, how's it generally landing with you? Is it causing you anxiety and panic? Or is it allowing you to feel a, a deep sense of calm and, and rest and Sabbath and peace, then it's, that shalom is from, from the Lord. And then number four, it leads to clarity, not confusion. Really important. This is, this is part of a proof of what, whether God is speaking. It leads to clarity and not confusion. 1 Corinthians 14, says, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. And then number five, it leans on affirmation from mature believers, Number five, it leads on affirmation from mature believers. When you sense God is speaking to you, and it's not just the, uh, I feel like God is saying I ought to, you know, go to the beach today. You don't need to probably run that past a, a group of mature believers. You're probably good on that one. But, you know, when you, it's a, a deeper decision. Like I, I feel like maybe God's telling me to quit my, my job. You better get three or four mature believers that care about you, that really know the Lord and know the word, and share that with them. And let your sense of God's word to you lean on the wisdom and perspective of mature believers. And then if they say, no, brother, that's, I don't discern that that's from the Lord. I think that's you just being tired. Then maybe you got to accept that for what it is. It, it leans on the Lord. I know all of this sounds kind of complicated, right? But it's not. I just want to make sure that for some of us who are on the, on the early journey of what this means, that we, there's clarity for you about how this all works. And and it's not all that complicated, and it, the purpose of it is connection. When I was a kid, my, my dad uh, did something. So we, we had this problem as kids. We were on the phones in our room uh, too much late at night. And this was back in the day. This was before cell phones and before even cordless phones. I mean, like back in the dinosaur ages, some of you remember, and, and there was an outlet on the wall, and the phone came out there, and it was one phone. But we would be on the phone late at night talking on the phone, and, and my dad knew this is a problem. And so he, he, he found where the wires were coming in to, to, to be distributed to the, to the bedrooms in this one spot in the, this little room in the garage that had a locked door on it. And he, he installed this little switch, like an old school switch, because this is back in the day, it was just literally two wires, and so you could just do a switch. And he would just, at nine o'clock at night, he would go out there and throw the switch. Didn't matter who was on what phone, it did, that was done, it was done. And so what my dad was doing in that moment, he was, he was ruining our lives forever because he hated us. That's what he was doing. At least that's what we told him at the time, because that's what good teenagers do. It's kind of like in the teenager uh, handbook. It says, you have to be able to say, you're ruining my life. And you have to be able to say, you hate me. You know? So that's what happened. And then uh, I discovered this other little box down in the basement where the wires actually started before they went to his switch. 
And an older, an older dude showed me how I could just take this little wire and do this little pigtail thing and put it together. And then I got 50-foot phone line extension cables, and I, I dropped them through the air ducts down to the basement, and I plugged my phone into that. And that way, at 9 o'clock, my dad went, hmm, the switch, I'm done with the problem. And then we'd just be back on the phone again under the pillow. Why? Why, would, why, would, why did I do that? for love because I wanted to hear that sweet voice of Melissa Manella and Melanie Watlington, Janine Petrowski. I just started naming names. That's dangerous. But it's for love. I wanted to hear that voice out of love. And, and really what I'm urging in all of this is, come on, you got a heavenly father who just loves you, loves you so much. And you love him too, right? You love him. You love who he is and what he's done for you and how he's protecting you and how he's guiding you. And, and man, don't you want to just make sure, oh, what do you have to say to me? I'm pulling the wire down. What do you, I want to hear from you, God. <laughs> Speak to me, God. That's what this is really about. And let me just finish with this simple thought. John 8, 47, again, it said, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. Jesus just declared, this is the truth. The only thing to, 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 to recognize is maybe I need to like clear the airwaves a little bit. Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. I think it's, it's worth considering for somebody today. If you're going, I don't even know. I don't hear anything and I don't know anything. Maybe you need to settle this question. Do I belong to God? Like have, I, have I given my heart to him? All the way. Did you say, God, I'm, I'm yours. And when you do that, it's not because you finally cleaned up your act and made yourself all perfect or done enough good deeds. It has nothing to do with that. It's about recognizing, man, I just need God to forgive my sin through Jesus Christ, and I want to be saved. And, and when you give him your heart, then, then he, he, he's got you. You belong to him. And maybe that's what needs to happen so that you can then begin to be hearing the voice of God. So I want us to just pray together and and first, I want to pray that God would release an activation for all of us of, of a capacity to, to hear his voice. And then I want to pray for some of us maybe to uh, finally give our hearts to Jesus once and for all, that we would belong to him and receive his gift of salvation. So let's just pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, that you desire for us to hear what you say. Thank you that it's throughout the Bible that that's what's normal for your people. And so, God, I pray right now for a Holy Spirit activation for every one of us as believers for a greater measure of clearly hearing your voice, for whatever purpose you've got intended for that, whether it's just to express your comfort and your love, or whether it's to speak some interesting revelations, or whether it's to bring some conviction where it's needed, or, or even if it's, God, to, uh, to, to give a, an answer to a problem we're dealing with, or whether it's uh, just to, to redirect us in some way that we could end up where we need to be. God, I pray that you would activate a greater measure for every one of us of hearing your voice clearly. So, Lord, I thank you that you're doing that even now, supernaturally in this moment. And I pray, Father, for someone else right now in this moment uh, to be able to, to not wonder where I stand with God, but instead to have a moment here and now to once and for all say, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving you my life. Would you forgive my sin and save me? And I thank you, God, that in a moment you can grab hold of a son or daughter with a mighty second chance and a brand new beginning. And so I pray you do it even now, God. So while we're praying together, if you're sitting here going, I want to do that. I want to ask Jesus Christ to forgive my sin and save my life. I want to know that I belong to God. I don't want to wonder anymore. I don't want to feel the, the, the sense of guilt, like I got to figure out how to pay for this stuff. God, I pray that right now you do a spiritual awakening for this one 
and, and that right now it would happen. So while we're praying, if you're saying, I want to do that, I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. Right now, I want you to raise your hand really high with me. Just raise it up. It's your first moment of saying, I do want that. I want to know that I belong to God. I want to ask him to forgive my sin and save my life. And you raise your hand up in this moment and you keep it up high. This is you finally saying, I admit it. I can't, I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. And ask him to forgive your sin. You pray with me right now and say, Jesus, would you forgive my sin and save my life? I honor you, I love you, and I praise you. I'm yours. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. And I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. I praise you, I praise you, God. I praise you, God. Aren't you grateful that God speaks to us as his sons and daughters? Aren't you glad about it? Aren't you glad about it? That God speaks to you. He's willing to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. If you're glad about it, it's time to just honor him. It's time to just tell him he's amazing. It's okay to sometimes just begin to express some adjectives about who he is. God, you're amazing. And say it out loud. God, you're mighty. God, you're majestic. Just say these kinds of things. You say it right where you are. God, you're merciful. God, you're strong. Just say things like that. Go ahead, say it to him. God, you're powerful. Come on, this is you from the depths of your soul acknowledging the mighty goodness of God. Say it right now. God, you're amazing. Why don't you stand up with me and begin to say it. God, you're awesome and good. God, you're powerful and loving. God, you are so pure. God, you are a delight to me. God, you're a foundation for my life. Just say it to him. Don't let me do all the praising. Just say it to him. God, you're awesome. If you can't think of anything else to say, say that 10 times. God, you're awesome. I'm going to say it with me. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. And sometimes we just need to simply let our hearts begin to give to him the honor and the glory that he deserves and to just cry out and even to sing it. We give you high praise. We sing that out all together with one voice, nice and strong. Sing it with me. We give you high praise. God, you're worthy and entirely good and pure and awesome and lovely. We give you high praise. And we're not going to hold back. We're going to always acknowledge your goodness and your power and your love. Yes, keep singing that in the right rhythm because I'm missing it. But God, you're a delight to us. God, you are foundation for us. God, you are good forever to us. God, you're merciful and kind to us. God, you are truth. Truth, God. You are true, the true one. You are peace for us, God. You are shalom itself for us. And God, you're faithful to us. Even when we are faithless, you remain faithful. And God, we delight in you because you're crazy good. And we honor you, God. We declare power is yours, glory is yours forever and ever because you're holy. And we give you the praise and we give you the honor. We delight in you. We honor you, Jesus. We praise your name. We give you high. Come on, sing it out, church. We give it.